Warning, Lucinda's still not back, and I really needed someone calming me down this week. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club and by Immigrant Babies. If you need any immigrant babies, come on down to Brownsville, Texas now, because we're almost certainly going to have some extras when this is all over. Immigrant babies, just like normal babies, but they cry in Mexican. Brought to you by the makers of Trump Steaks. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Okay, what's your name? Hi, Emma. And how old are you? Stuart. And where do we come from? <laughs> where? Monkey Man. Monkey Man. <laughs> That's right. It's June 21st. And it's World Humanist Day. Congratulations, you optimistic, foolish, foolish motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. From New York, New York, Secret Lair, Pennsylvania, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, the Pope makes it clear that not all wives matter. Tennessee needs some extra time to decide if Rifra covers the cat of nine tails. <laughs> and Cat Kerr will put the anus back in volcanoes. But first, the diatribe. Well, of fucking course Sessions used the Bible to justify his heinous and unforgivable actions. He's Jeff Sessions. It's the Bible. And their heinous, unforgivable actions. Bacon, lettuce, tomato. And and, and I get this, this story's a little played out, but it's not my fault that all the most despicably theocratic shit happens on Thursday. So I'm going to take a minute to swim around in it. So this saga all started when the Trump administration finally found out what you had to do to Hispanics before even evangelicals started getting sympathetic. And it's good to know that that line exists. I was starting to doubt it. You know, leaving an island full of them without power or potable water for months on end didn't do it. Reneging on our promises to immigrants brought to the country as children didn't do it. Ripping parents who'd spent decades in this country away from their families and deporting them over decades old dust-covered marijuana possession charges didn't do it. But pulling a nursing infant from a mother's tit apparently does the trick. And in the wake of those reports, even Trump's staunchest allies in the evangelical community started saying, Hey, now, wait a second. And it was in response to that that Jefferson Beauregard Sessions took to the lectern and offered up his biblical justification. And, of course, he went right to Romans 13, which can be aptly paraphrased as, now go wait in the truck and think on what you've done. And predictably, if not justifiably, this caused pretty much universal freak out in the media. Now, if they were freaked out because the attorney general thought he could justify U.S. policy with biblical references, that would have been one thing. Right. If the headlines and commentary and outrage were with the theocratic notion that finding a justification in the epistles was sufficient, I'd have given the media a big pat on the back and moved on with my life. But as you know, that was not the case. I mean, a couple of people remembered here and there to point out that the Bible is not a binding legal document. But the bulk of the pushback was at the audacity of Jeff Sessions using such a moral tome to justify such an immoral act. 
In the Washington Post alone, I saw op-ed headlines declaring, Sessions invents a faith all his own. This isn't religion, it's perversion. And leave the Bible out of it. Child separation is not Christian. All of that in the span of three days. When I searched Jeff Sessions on CNN's website in the wake of this, it directed me to clips of three pastors and a theologian disavowing Sessions' interpretation of the Bible. MSNBC's headline on the whole ordeal was just, Sessions misuses Bible to justify separating children from their parents. That was not an opinion piece, by the way. That was just their distillation of what was going on in headline form. And look, I'm not usually super inclined to come to the defense of the Bible, but be nice to immigrants is one of the few things it's actually clear on. I mean, assuming that this is one of those selective times when the Old Testament shit counts, you got Leviticus 19.34, you know, the foreigner that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. Exodus 22.21, thou shalt not exploit or oppress a foreign resident for you yourselves were foreigners in the land of Egypt. You got Ruth 2.10, even maybe Job 31.32. Again, there are remarkably few things the Bible takes a definite stand on, but that's one of them. The Bible repeatedly implores its readers to take pity on the refugee and not oppress the foreigner living in their land. I mean, it equivocates a little bit on whose babies you're allowed to smash against rocks, apparently. But in general, the Bible wants you to stop fucking with the immigrants. Of course, those pro-immigrant passages don't say, thou shalt stop only at ripping the infant from the breast of the refugee and holding it in an abandoned Walmart. It says you should take pity on the immigrant and treat him as you treat a citizen. And let's be super clear that the evangelical leaders are stopping way short of recommending that. But there is some biblical justification for their outrage. That being said, the Bible also contains Romans 13, which reads, quote, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. What's that? The Bible taking contradicting views that are impossible to reconcile? The hell you say. And let's be clear here. This is also one of the things the Bible is super clear on, right? The whole Jesus story is about submitting to punishment for a crime you didn't commit, isn't it? Jesus could have miracled his way out of the Romans' hands, but no, he healed the dude that Simon Peter went all Vincent Van Gogh on and then went on to his death. He turned the other cheek. It's kind of his whole thing. So yes, Jeff Sessions is right for whatever that's worth. The Bible is on his side. Even when the government is doing something immoral, you're supposed to go along. It's part of God's plan. Donald fucking Trump is part of God's plan, says so in Romans, which is probably... Why we don't use the fucking Bible to inform national policy. Pundits are getting all incredulous about this going, well, I'll be. Jeff Sessions is using the same biblical passage to justify this policy as they used to justify slavery, as though that's more a problem with Jeff Sessions than it is with the Bible. I mean, hey, after you saw you could use your book to justify slavery, maybe you stop using it as a moral guide, right? Maybe maybe we admit that trying to pluck your moral code from the convoluted, contradictory, cryptic musings of morally dubious authors from a time before we puzzled out the technological marvel of the goddamn wheelbarrow is just a doomed effort to begin with. But no, here we are, 153 years postbellum, still laboring under the social delusion that a book that tells us to kill gay people and adulterers with rocks can somehow still be, like, overall moral, though. And when Jeff Sessions comes along with a glaring and unmistakable reminder that that can't possibly be true, rather than admit the fucking thing isn't moral, the media gets all red-faced and outraged and insists that Sessions is just doing it wrong. But let's be clear here. This whole fucking thing comes from the Bible. The evangelicals didn't abandon Trump when he called Mexican immigrants rapists or stoked fervor to wall our country off from brown people or ban whole religions from coming here. Through all of that, all the shithole country stuff, through all three 
versions of his Muslim bands through through the animals remarks. None of these guys were running to their Bibles going, hold on a second. I remember something in here about not exploiting the foreigners that live among us. They were all Romans 13, no Exodus 22. It wasn't until he started doing unmistakable cartoon villain shit that they were like, eh, maybe not. And even then it took weeks. And even now the majority of evangelicals support the policy. The whole reason we have Trump to begin with is people looking to their Bible for morals. This stain on American history is their stain. And what's more, it's all but an inevitable consequence of calling a document that tells you to own slaves, beat your children, and pay full market value for your rape victims the good book. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Waldorf and Statler of secularism, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Fellas, are you ready to heckle? Eli's fat. You're fat. You're you are. fat. You're, you're, you're also fat. Both of us are See, fat. That's the I'm best intro I've ever given to you guys. We're make both up a joke. Super and Everyone's going to associate it with you and your personality. <laughs> going to attach it to you. I'll make up something. Staplers. You love staplers. Look at that. I'm going to write a funny song about it. And that's all they're going to talk cool. to you about. They're going to mail you staplers with your name on it. <laughs> Great. Eli's brain can't experience joy. Womp womp. Cool. <laughs> all right. <laughs> In our lead story tonight, Pope Francis continued being a slightly better person than his Hitler youth predecessor this week by doing, uh, it doesn't fucking matter. No. It's impossible, <laughs> impossible not to be the best Pope ever. The bar's just sitting there on the ground and Frankie's rolling around on top of it over and over. <laughs> Catholics are like, wow, look at his high jump form. Look how he points his legs. Like, fuck you. Well, his latest accomplishment was a fun little hate speech last Saturday during which he dehumanized gay people in a super polite, friendly manner, mm, yeah. just like a constitutionally protected cake shop owner. <sighs> and the basic message was families with gay parents don't count, but no offense. Right. Yeah. I, honestly, when the Catholic Church starts counting people, that's never a good thing. So maybe consider <laughs> yourselves lucky, <laughs> gay people. Yeah. So... According to the earthly conduit to God for 1.2 billion Catholic people, this whole same-sex parent thing is complicated because family is such a versatile word. This was so <laughs> weird. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, gay people should all die. So <laughs> it seems tricky at first, but actually it's just fuck gay people. He told his audience, quote, the word family is an analogical word because we speak of the family of stars, well, family of trees, family of animals. But for the human family, in the image of God, man and woman is the only one. End quote. He's like, you guys, guys want to be an animal family? Huh? Is that good? You're like an adorable family of baby bears. <laughs> what the fuck is he? I'm sitting up there going like, how about a genus, guys? How about that? It's right below family. You're like one step down from real people, huh? Jesus. Yeah. So, that's an interesting development. <laughs> Apparently, the Vatican is officially recognizing the existence of uh, homosexual stars and homosexual trees. <laughs> and animals, yeah. And although that's fucking stupid, I'd say <laughs> it's also a pleasant surprise, you know, in terms of how progressive they're being. So, that's good. Plus, we should see a good deal of Catholics physically hurting themselves trying to throw rocks at stars and trees. Okay. So I think that, that's going to be a fun shot. 
just one guy's just like, I knew there was a reason I was burning all of this wood with my gay people. It's a gay wood. It's a gay wood <laughs> to burn a gay people. It's a twofer. So uh, one other noteworthy moment from the speech. At one point, Frankie got into the subject of abortion, which meant that by Christian law, he then had 10 seconds to mention Nazis, <laughs> which he accomplished very deftly by making the natural segue to the prenatal test for Down syndrome being the same as the Holocaust. Yeah, uh, according to the Pope, quote, the whole world was scandalized about what the Nazis did to purify the race. Scandal. Okay, uh, scandal feels like the wrong word for Holocaust. <laughs> pause there and yeah, that. we can all agree it was real faux pas. They were real yeah, provocateurs, no. those Nazis. Maybe, maybe snafu? I don't know, so, whatever. <laughs> Continuing, today we do the same race purifying, but now with white gloves. End quote. Based on his choice of words, I'm pretty sure the Pope thinks doctors put on white surgical gloves, then stick their hands into a pregnant lady's belly button, pull out a fetus, and check <laughs> it by hand for Down syndrome? Yeah. Uh -huh. And then they squish it on their forehead like a beer can if the fetus fails the <laughs> test. Like, I thought they I smacked it with a little glove. That would, uh, maybe, uh, maybe the glove hit it. Yeah. Oh, well, they do that, it. <laughs> well, so that image right there, plus boy trees having butt sex with other boy trees and boy stars doing the same thing with boy stars, girl stars, girl stars. All that is in Pope Frankie's head right now. So that's fun. And to be fair, for a virgin who claims he's never masturbated, how the fuck is he supposed to know otherwise? I mean, who right? Told yeah. Him? Yeah, that's true. And in NOLA lateral disarmament news tonight, the Southern Baptist Convention signaled a willingness to discuss terms of the culture war this week when the new SBC president, J.D. Greer, demonstrated a willingness to maybe think about sliding a couple of phone books under the corner of the glass ceiling. Uh, in a downright Franciscan effort to change the image without actually doing anything, the SBC has nominally come out against wife beating and suggested they might let a black man touch their money. Great. Yeah, and if they hire Roy Moore, they'll have an employee who's seen a Jew once. There you go. They're getting, they're getting really diverse. I am genuinely curious at what point liberals won't forgive religion if it pretends to agree with them. Just like, right? oh yeah, Black Lives Matter. Are you kidding? They got to serve their masters, according to Paul. If they're dead in a period of time, you got to pay some money. They super matter. There's yeah. a lot going on in our book. We're on your side. All right, so I want to highlight an article that was damn near credulous and obsequious enough to qualify as a cabinet meeting. This comes to us from the, thank you, comes to us from the Atlantic, which is really going out of its way to piss me off recently. And it was penned by a totally objective journalist whose dad hasn't been the president of the Southern Baptist Convention for years, y'all. <laughs> now, the headline was Southern Baptists call off the culture war. <laughs> A uh, homophobe with penis in mouth waves white flag. Like, okay, sounds confused about how this all works. Man who takes break from punching you in the face, pacifist? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So in this desperate flailing effort to find signs of progress at the SBC, he starts off by basically saying, I read the article, I kid you not. When I went to these things as a kid, the attendees were mostly older than me. Now they're mostly younger. Things sure have changed here in baptism over the last 30 years. Um, he, then, 
He then goes on to highlight the fresh-faced new leader they found in J.D. Greer. Because, you know, what's this change more than replacing an old white male sexist homophobic transphobic redneck with a middle-aged white male sexist homophobic transphobic redneck? Mm -hmm. Um, Because... Let's be super clear here. This time last year, we were talking about the Southern Baptist Convention's Nashville statement. That was a policy uh, that that reiterated their opposition to same-sex marriage and adoption and denied the existence of trans people altogether in like a a do-you-hear-a-voice kind of way. And J.D. (laughs) Greer was among its signatories. All right. He's also apparently given talks where he talks about seeing gay people cured in his church. He's compared being anti-gay to being an abolitionist in the pre-Civil War South. Wait, so he, he's going to end gay people? That's the idea. <laughs> genocide. He's describing genocide. <laughs> I, I bet he gets told that a lot. Hey, J.D., J.D., you're describing genocide <laughs> yeah. again. Oh, oh, oh shit. That's only shit. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Dollar in the genocide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad about it. What can I say? <laughs> Grew look, up around genocide or literal ones. <laughs> right. That's and fun. look, for all his talk about having more women in leadership roles, He's making no move to distance himself from the official SBC policy that a woman's place is in the home, which they literally still have on the books. <laughs> yeah, uh, Southern Baptists, at least we're not the other guys, only works when you aren't standing next to them. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and in tattoo, stupid to be a parent news tonight. In a shocking turn of events this week, TV reality star, and person who's famous for drawing on her own and other people's bodies for Evsies turns out not to know about science. Who would have thought of it? <laughs> Boy, we just we just throw around the word famous these days, don't we? And he's just hey, whatever we got to do so that it applies to me. No, Eli's very famous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very important. So, Cat Van D took to Instagram this week to explain that she'll be raising her baby vegan. Delivering it via doula and without vaccinations. Fuck you. God damn it. Veganism is like the dirty hippie version of the Nazis anti-smoking campaign. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, walk us through this. Okay, no, well, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I'm saying I only smoke to support Jewish people. So I'm being pro-Semitic. And, and I eat bacon to support you know, showering and gainful employment. <laughs> Haircuts and real jobs. <laughs> Act- activism. Exactly. So Miss Von D was clear in her post that this was, quote, her body and her child. And while that's true, the for the first two things, I'm pretty sure that if your kid gives my kid fucking measles, that plants you into the other people's bodies category. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> certainly. But even before that, her kid had measles. Right? Like, I mean, the right to swing your baby does not end where the other guy's measles begin. We should make that bumper sticker. We don't let you make bumper stickers, and we should. Okay, new rule. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. Is it? Idaho is now officially America's anti-vaxxer Thunderdome. Yeah. There's already one person with plague there right now to get the ball rolling, I'm pretty sure. I read that recently. And... You know, they're murdering plenty of kids already. I feel like it's the perfect fit in Idaho. That's, <laughs> there you that's go. now like Thunderdome of Plague. Uh, and, and here's the weirdest part of this story for me, is that this is someone who injects ink into her 
and other people's body for a living. Right. right? Like, like my crazy aunt Kathy thinks that vaccines contain the devil, but she's not currently working on her sweet full body dragon tattoo at the same time. <laughs> right? It just seems like she uh, either way. Let's hope Miss Von D comes to her senses or if not to her senses, at least as far the fuck away from other people's kids as possible. Let's hope yeah. she goes away. <laughs> Let's get some GMO ink going too to scare the fuck <laughs> out of her. And in gross profit news, people in charge of Christianity really need to D up and hire a competent team of magical wishers. Right. I've said it because I said it. current squad is shitting the bed pretty much every time. And uh, the most recent example was Christian prophetess Kat Kerr, who broke out her enchanted scepter of Poseidon and Hephaestus earlier this month <laughs> and proclaimed authority over subtropical storm Alberto and also the Kilauea volcano in Hawaii. And she gave them a stern talking to about breaking stuff and killing people. Unfortunately, these natural disasters were like, fuck you, you're not my real mom. And they did all that stuff anyway. <laughs> She's just standing at the mouth of a volcano. One, two, two and a half. <laughs> Fuck. So, uh, so somehow we do not have a large body of stories about this lady, but we are opening up the file today and leaving <laughs> plenty of space because she's all the way crazy. Yeah. She cray cray. If you follow live action geriatric hentai, <laughs> you, uh, or as we call it, Jerry tie, Jerry yeah, tie. Uh, well, if you follow Jerry tie, you already know all about Cat Kerr. Uh, when she's not cosplaying as Voldemort, dressed up as a Japanese schoolgirl with pink hair, getting fucked by a robotic octopus demon, she's usually making Christian-themed videos about controlling the weather. Usually right after the hentai thing while still in costume. <laughs> yeah. She looks like someone's grandma is about to play the fairy princess in their five-year-old grandchild's homemade movie. Yeah, but like, but taking it way too seriously, right? Yeah, like she's exactly. been training for that role her whole life. Just getting yeah. method. Grandma wouldn't <laughs> respond to anything but Princess Fluffer not her for a week. <laughs> Fucking so, around with Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> that would be the best if he was in a live action hentai. <laughs> yes. Oh, let's put Daniel Day Lewis in a hentai now. <laughs> You do not want to be there for the talk that he has to get oh, from the Taken guy. There definitely will be blood once again. So, <laughs> so according to Kat Kerr, she's a joint heir to the Jesus estate, which includes ownership of the weather. That's huh. her, her reasoning on this, which seems like a pretty sweet power and a great way to just not have deadly storms happen. But <laughs> that's a little too simple for special K. That's what they want you to do. Instead, right. <laughs> she's going to be taking control of the, the millibars. What? Because they never see that coming. <laughs> and as we all know, atmospheric pressure is made up of physical objects called millibars. <laughs> and if you shoot a whole bunch of extra millibars into a storm, <laughs> the millibars eat all the degrees of temperature and mm. joules of energy and the storm disappears into nothing. Right, because the clouds get distracted converting to imperial. Also, uh, a volcano that's 4,000 miles away stops volcanoing. Because it's clogged up with millibars. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay, Noah, Keith, not everyone on this podcast is aware that that's not how storms and volcanoes work. So, <laughs> weatherist, weatherist, you're being weatherist. <laughs> now, uh, 
besides Eli, you might be thinking to yourself, wow, that all sounds stupid. Hurtful. But Kat Kerr, <laughs> Kat Kerr anticipated your skepticism. She shut all that down, announcing that, quote, people are going to be laughing at this. I totally <laughs> ignore them. Shut up, Heath. You're fat. Just ignore them. End quote. Almost exact quote. Hey, to be fair, if she said your name, we'd all be in matching pink wigs and scepters right now. (laughs) (laughs) And in drastically malicious news tonight, fresh off their abortion referendum victory, reasonable people in Ireland are pressing forward with a new referendum scheduled for October that could finally repeal the nation's pre-Renaissance blasphemy law. Currently, the Irish Constitution has a clause that says, quote, the publication or utterance of blasphemous, seditious or indecent matters is an offense which shall be punished in accordance with the law, end quote. Now, we we talked about this law before when it was used to try to silence a comedian who called the Eucharist haunted bread and wondered why a loving, all-knowing God wouldn't be able to come up with a bone cancer free version of creation. Yeah. Just embrace the fact that God's an asshole. Makes it a lot easier. Out of arguments at that point. Yeah. And honestly... I might even join your team. The idea that God's actually like a, a mediocre magician just full of spite doing <laughs> shit because he's pissed off, that actually resonates well with me. He thinks I'm God. There you have it, folks. We yeah. didn't know it, but we know it now. <laughs> and by the way, we should give a ton of credit to Atheist Ireland for this referendum. Repealing this clause uh, and the 2009 Defamation Act is something they've been campaigning for since at least 2009. Uh, kind of nice to see that occasionally atheist activism does move the needle. And it's also worth noting that this is scheduled to take place in October. And while no date has been announced for the referendum, that happens to be the same month we're all heading to England for QED. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not saying the Irish blasphemy tour is carved in stone yet, but the timing does seem auspicious. Ugh. Yeah, I'd go back. That that all sounds great. Uh, quick request for Ireland, though. Can you guys explain to my weird, backwards, racist hometown of Irish immigrants in suburban New York that you guys aren't doing the bigot thing anymore? Because they, <laughs> they they do not read newspapers. They're going to need a direct memo from Ireland. Uh, Heath, I hate to break it to you, but I honeymooned in Dublin and heard what the homeland thinks of Barack Obama. You might want to bring them a note from upstate New York. And- <laughs> About only using that word when you're fighting someone at a water park or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, he's scary to them. Like, baby steps. Like, they're doing the blasphemy thing. We'll get to race eventually. But uh, let's let's hope so. That's also, all in time. speaking of which, uh, on a related note, if you're curious how far reasonable people have to go in Ireland, I should point out that this referendum will probably take place concurrent with another vote seeking to change a constitutional clause that promises the state will work hard to make sure a woman's place remains in the home. Which is a thing Ireland has, apparently, (laughs) because their constitution is the exact drunken rant that people who only know Irish culture through cartoons would expect it to be. (laughs) And in old Jews news tonight, a city councilman in Brooklyn has heard the cries of his people this week and finally given them what they've been asking for. Gender segregated Beaches! With a rule that says men can't be topless either. Exactly. My letters finally got through to somebody. It's important. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Now all we need is longer lasting ass sand and enough jellyfishes for everyone. And <laughs> That's right. Since everything else is going so fucking swell in this country, Councilman Chaim Deutsch. Jewish. 
Yep. <laughs> I think so. Normally Eli announces that, but apparently I'm doing that so today. You're helping out today. Yeah. So Chaim is going to rent a beach owned by a local college using private donations on days when it's normally closed to the public to host gender specific events for the Orthodox Jewish and Muslim communities. What? <laughs> yeah. We better separate the genders to avoid any conflicts. Okay, now let's get those Orthodox Jews and Muslims together yes! for a friendly beach party with no conflicts. Good plan. Hopefully that nobody gets too close to the fence. <laughs> That's going to be a very intense couple of games of chicken. Stay away from the buoys. Say. Stay away from the buoys. What did we say? <laughs> okay, but here's another problem. The beach itself belongs to a public university and Chaim, as I mentioned, is a city councilman, which makes this government-sponsored gender discrimination, even if it uses private funds. Yeah, I mean, when your motivation is women are gross and I shouldn't have to look at them, you're going to have a hard time pulling off a legal outcome, right? <laughs> now, now, that said, uh, a lot of people seem to be confused about this because of the private funds and it's closed anyway, so... I think it's time for everyone's favorite game show, Make It Black! Yeah. Hello and welcome to everybody's favorite in-show game show, Make It Black! The show that helps you decide if things should be legal. Today, we're very pleased to be joined by another special guest, Chaim Deutsch. Jewish. Chaim, thanks for. for joining us. Thanks for having me, Noah. That's a pretty offensive accent you got there, Chaim. It, it is almost certainly what I actually sound like, Noah. Almost certainly. Now, you've caught a bit of heat for your gender-segregated beach days lately. Is that correct? Yeah, Noah, but we're not hurting anybody. We're just letting parts of our community enjoy a day in the sun while respecting their religious beliefs. All right. Well, are you ready to make it black? I sure am, Noah. All right, all right, go right ahead. Okay, uh, uh, in order to respect the religious beliefs of those who don't want to share a beach with black people, we've rented a beach that belongs to a public university using private donations for a whites-only beach day. Oh, I get it, I'm the bad guy. Yes, you are, Chaim, yes, you are. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Make It Black! <laughs> and in truth and false advertising news tonight, in an effort to quantify how bullshit it is for us in advance, Gwyneth Paltrow's orifice cargo themed website Goop is adding new passive aggressive <laughs> labeling to the articles yes, the as though they were they've made varying degrees of does it work okay in in a clear scheme to retroactively arm themselves against rising criticisms of their dangerous charlatanism the site quietly deployed the disclaimers which would have been a step in the right direction if they weren't essentially replacing for entertainment purposes only with you don't know it could work <laughs> Our products are clinically tested to be not wrong yet. <laughs> Sometimes. Limited. If, if you shove an infinite amount of jade eggs up an infinite amount of monkeys hoo-hahs, <laughs> one of them. <laughs> All right. So here are the new categories as described on their own website. Uh, and we should point out, these are all real and they are all my everything. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, right. Normally, I wouldn't just read this much of their website, but 
It has to be done. Okay. Category one, the lowest level of reliability, I guess. For your enjoyment. This is how they explain <laughs> this the category. It's the scientific title of this category. Yes, is for your enjoyment. Here's their description. <laughs> there probably aren't going to be peer-reviewed studies about this concept, but it's fun, and there's real <laughs> merit in that. Translation, you probably can't legally ask test subjects to put this in their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Proof to me this swarm of bees is bad for your vagina. Peer review right now. Peer review right now. Didn't think so yes. <laughs> for your enjoyment. Maybe true. <laughs> All right, moving on. We've got ancient modality. This practice is nearly as old as time. Many find <laughs> value. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? Many find value in it, even if modern day research hasn't caught up yet. And then in parentheses, <laughs> it's possible this practice will never attract its attention. Translation, who's to say how much brown bile is too much brown bile, though? <laughs> Guess we'll never know unless, of course, the modern day catches up backwards with the time <laughs> yes, dimension. Man, what the fuck are you talking And it may about? never be now. Who's to say? <laughs> All right, wait. There's three more. She's got speculative but promising. There's momentum behind this concept, though it needs more research to elucidate exactly what's at work. Translation. Look, we're bound to broken clock our way into correct eventually, guys. Yeah, they have a category of, okay, even we don't have anything for this one, but give it a shot. I feel like the Tide Pod challenge is under this category. Yeah, like, we don't, speculative, who knows? but promising. <laughs> All right, moving on. We've got supported by science. That's the fourth one up. <laughs> This one says, and it's not, it, it isn't, it isn't. The no. description is, there's sound science for the value of this concept and promise of more evidence to come soon that may prove its impact. Translation, this fails to work in a somewhat plausible way. <laughs> <laughs> Fracking your ass with coffee makes intuitive sense is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some good data is inevitable, right? Like. And this one's also for your enjoyment. It's a fun crossover (laughs) between categories. You can use several of them. And finally, the last category, rigorously tested. The validity of this concept is pretty much undisputed within the world of MDs, DOs, NDs, and PhDs. Translation, somehow medical advice wound up on our website. Right. And I love how it's like, this has been proven by doctors and other letters that yeah, are not CFS <laughs> and shit. legally protected. <laughs> now, look, when you've got five levels, only one of which is this is actual truth. And even that one equivocates with a pretty much in the middle of it. <laughs> I feel true. like you're missing the point. So when on the off chance, you figured out which holes your headphones go in this time. I have a suggestion. Instead of a disclaimer, you just have a giant photo of a pile of fly infested bullshit that covers up all the advice until they go to a different website. Ooh, <laughs> uh, smart. Try it. And in as I day lying news tonight, you know, there are so many reasons a great band breaks up artistic differences, the pressure of fame. Yoko Ono, or the fact that one of you tried to hire a hitman to kill their wife. But luckily for the lead singer of the Christian band, As I Lay Dying, that last one doesn't seem to be a problem. Then why do you keep bringing it up, Eli? And so many guys, like, what, what does Andrew need to technically not know here? I'd, we'll talk about it later at the okay. meeting. I don't know why we're doing this now. 
All right. Anyways, Tim Lambesis, who listeners will remember for trying to hire a guy essentially in a police uniform to kill his <laughs> wife in 2013, and then from jail blaming new atheism and steroids for it in a 2014 interview, has been welcomed back into his old band this year with arms wide open. That uh, that's Creed, though. There's literally no difference, even a little. So that, no, no, that's fair. There is not. Yeah. Anyway, he's found God now, and as we know, Christians are always ready to forgive murderers. Yes. <laughs> pretty much nobody else. Christianity actually kind of seems like a pro-murder cult if you think about it too hard. Really. <laughs> well, or if you think about it soft or, or medium. <laughs> really old enough <laughs> thinking. Yeah, yeah. And for the record, I knew this story was going to be about Tim Lambesis the whole time. Good, good. Not <laughs> nervous at all. Quick question. Why would a police uniform help the murder plot? How? Oh, because he, the guy was so obviously a cop. Like, he was like, hey, how you doing? I want you to kill my wife. And he was like, great. Why don't we meet at this hotel room? I'm going to bring the microphones. And he was like, got it. I love microphones. Oh, that's how I'm a singer. Caught. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I thought he was like, all right, well, the murderer is going to need to be dressed up as something. <laughs> you Should thought we do it was the a Native American guy or the construction worker? No, cop, he's, cop, we'll do cop. He's looking through Soldier of Fortune magazine. Oh, come on. Really? You're going to dress as a Care Bear? She'll never let you in the house. <laughs> Unprofessional. All right. That's cleared up. Cool. And finally tonight, we have a story about an African-American woman beating the shit out of people in Tennessee with a whip, which sounds... Pretty fantastic. <laughs> that should have been the headline, honestly. But unfortunately, <laughs> this amazingly clickable news item starts falling apart as soon as you get into the details. The African-American woman in question is a Christian psychiatrist. And the people she got caught thrashing with a horsewhip were patients of hers. Uh, so, no, was it a was it a white person? I feel like I feel like that's better if it's a white person better. for me. Yeah, I feel better. Too. <laughs> better. Yeah. OK. I would. We're going to go it with white person. Let's where it didn't say it might be white science pending. So Dr. For your enjoyment. It's intuitive. So Dr. Valerie Augustus runs a practice called Christian psychiatrist services, which should probably be illegal just based on the title. Yeah. Kind of like Christian biologist services <laughs> or Christian cake shop services. Well, According to her website, she offers treatment that integrates her spiritual beliefs and principles into each patient's healing process. And based on our extensive knowledge of Christian doctors from movies we've seen, those beliefs and principles say something along the lines of, stop taking your medication, I'll just beat you with this whip instead, mm -hmm. you'll be just like Jesus. <laughs> also, um, based on police reports, that's pretty much exactly what was yeah. happening. Yeah. All right. So anyway, this story really happened. That's all real. A mental health professional was whipping the asses of patients and referring to them as mules. I, I love that all the news items included the mule thing, right? Because that means that somebody heard this story and said, well, whip, sure. But mule, that's fucking harsh. Make sure you put that in. <laughs> that's mean. Yeah. Now, in fairness, the Bible doesn't say you should whip people. I mean, it could certainly be inferred mm -hmm. at plenty of times, but it doesn't say directly you should whip mental health patients. But in Proverbs 26, 3, it says a whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey and a rod for the backs of fools. So 
you really want to get into it, Dr. Val was actually being extra humane for a Christian, considering she wasn't also putting leather straps and reins on people's faces and also clubbing people in the back with a lead pipe if they acted foolish. Well, so. right, right. And also, important takeaway, the Bible is such a terrible moral guide that its starting point is animal abuse. Like, that's the first half of the analogy. <laughs> Punch yeah. a puppy, but for a man, I'm not interested in the second half. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right, so that all sounds pretty terrifying, but possibly the scariest part of the story is the response from the state of Tennessee. Upon learning that a licensed psychiatrist was assaulting mentally ill people with a whip, they basically told this woman, hey, cut it out with all the horseplay. Stop it. No, stop. And they literally gave her a timeout. Like, seriously? <laughs> yes. That's what happened. She's right now on a two-month timeout, and when that's done, she can go ahead and get her license back. I mean, the medical board could refuse, but... If we find out they were a little too snippy when they said yeah, stop right. whipping people, <laughs> we've got Supreme Court level legal precedent to suggest that her free exercise rights might supersede the rights of mentally ill people to not get assaulted like Toby from Roots by their doctor. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, Patreon goal, we send me down there and I will do a therapy session with this woman. <laughs> I can get her out of practice in 45 minutes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I can just describe some shit. Just She'll enjoying it way too much. Scare the <laughs> shit out of her. Ooh, yeah. All right. Your turn. Stop. Stop. Stop resisting. All right. And while I explain to Heath that that character's name was actually Kunta Kinte, we're going to close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Dr. Whipping. And when we come back, there will be bullshit. Welcome back to Queer Eye for the Scathing Guy. This week's show is about Heath Enright, a podcaster who's a disgusting pile of garbage. Okay, I'm I'm right here. Okay, honey, it's me. I'm the grooming guy. Whoa, dude, offensive. No, he actually sounds like this. We're going to make you turn like Beyonce today with a little product called DollarShaveClub.com. The, the people with the razors? Oh, it's way more than razors, honey. Dollar Shave Club, yes, that Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. You name it. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that'll leave your tush feeling tingly clean. Oh, okay. Well, it's a makeover show, so I guess let's do it. Well, here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club products. For just five bucks, you get their daily essential starter kit. It comes with a body cleanser, one wipe Charlie's, their amazing butt wipes, their world famous shave butter, and their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for just a few bucks more a month. And add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need for the bathroom. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash scathing. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash scathing. Okay, got it. So, uh, anything else? Yeah, Anthony's going to teach you how to make guacamole. It's avocados. I know, Anthony. I know it's avocados. Bobby built me a house. The worst. <laughs> hey, Eli. What are you? What are you doing? Oh, hey, Noah. Just uh, living biblically. You're living. Biblically, Bi Noah. 
with all this talk in the news about whether or not the Bible supports immigration or slavery or whatever, I actually just cracked the book open and yeah, got a whole new guide for life now. Eli, I don't think that's a good Look, idea. No, man. the political discourse of the country that I live in is going to be dominated about what a Bronze Age book does or does not say. I'm not going to hold myself to modern enlightenment values, you know? They're a drag. They're complex. But the Bible? Ugh. Bible's simple. I don't think it is. But Eli, that's the whole point. The, the arguing back and forth about what the Bible does or doesn't say is pointless. We live in 2018 and we are obligated to live by the ideas of the present day, even if the regressives in our society want to pretend that we aren't. Uh, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Seriously. Okay, fine. So what, uh, what was in that laundry bag? If I said watermelons, would you believe me? Legally, yes. Watermelons. Cool. If you'd asked me at pretty much any point in my life, I'd have identified myself as an atheist. But while I may never have believed in God, I know way too much about the auric resonance of various crystals to claim that I was always a rationalist. So with a few painful memories of my sordid past, we present you another installment of How Bullshit Is It? So tell us, Heath, what nugget of nuttery do you have for us today? Today, we'll be talking about therapeutic touch which is uh it's that massager our wives keep by the bedside for, for the knots in their shoulders that's not what nope. that's no nope. it's waving your hands near somebody and then asking them for money oh sorry never mind it's what i do in bed <laughs> so. wait okay okay so when they're trying to get the money what might they tell someone it is okay so therapeutic touch or tt is what's called an energy medicine a treatment that focuses on the body's energy field rather than parts of it that exist in the observable universe. Right. Mm. In TT, the practitioner moves their hands over the patient in an effort to direct chi or prana. Through this technique, they claim they can correct unbalanced, misaligned, or otherwise obstructed energy flows and transfer some of their own life force into the patient. Okay, so... Massage plus bullshit? Uh, well, uh, worse than that, actually. In therapeutic touch, the practitioner doesn't usually make contact with the patient. Instead, they do what looks to a cynical observer like massaging the air a few inches above your skin. Okay, wait. So the, the therapeutic and the touch are bullshit? Exactly. Yeah. Sad endings every time. Okay, so do we know who we have to thank for this nonsense? That would be a nurse by the name of Dolores Krieger. She pioneered the practice in the late 70s and published the first book on the subject entitled Therapeutic Touch, How to Use Your Hands to Help and to Heal. She also pioneered looking like Wallace Shawn trying out his first and only wig. <laughs> All right, so who was this Dolores Krieger? Well, in addition to being an RN and a faculty member at New York's Division of Nursing, she was also a theosophist which is a form of mysticism people ascribe to when they want to hide behind a more obscure term than mysticism. Dolores was mentored by Dora Kuntz, the president of the Theosophical Society of America and a self-described intuitive healer. <laughs> and is an intuitive healer what I think it is? Well, do you think it's a person who 
heals the sick by just sort of guessing. I do. Then yes, exactly. Huh. Today I learned every Jewish mother is an intuitive healer. There you go. <laughs> Fun fact. All right. So based on what she learned from an intuitive healer, she came up with therapeutic touch. Exactly. She became convinced that the palms of the hand contained energy manipulating chakras. And rather than test that through some sort of scientific means, she wrote a book and started charging people for it right away. Oof, we've all been there. Never should have written the girl who'd never had an orgasm before me. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stupid choice. All right. So how does therapeutic touch not work? It involves a four-step process of not working or four increasingly desperate ways of describing do nothing, depending on how you want to look at it. Step one is centering, which is a meditative process where the practitioner attempts to align with the patient's energy field. I'm picturing Dolores just twiddling her nipples. Did you say you're 103.5, 103.6, the hawk? Where are we at here? Yeah, when they get done sitting still and nipple tweaking, they move on to step two, assessment. This is where the jazz hands kick in. And the practitioner tries to detect the energy field emanating from the patient and intuit what's causing the problem, also known as uneducated guessing. Yeah, they're not detecting something that doesn't exist. It's like yeah. playing, how many fingers am I holding up with Captain Hook? <laughs> <laughs> yep, and once they've convinced the patient they've done several dollars worth of that, they move on to step three, which is definitely the funniest looking step <laughs> this one is called clearing or because sometimes they they stop even pretending this is real unruffling the field oh wow unruffling now what they say they're doing here is sweeping away stagnant energy but what they actually do is wipe their hands downward with enough freneticism to make you think not touching can't get mad just got accepted as an olympic sport <laughs> <laughs> you know Russia is going to sweep that one. Right? <laughs> no, they'll touch. They'll touch. <laughs> they'll dope. <laughs> but uh, but of course, once you've swept away all that stagnant energy, you have to replace it. Oh, of course. And that leads to step four, transfer of energy, in which the practitioner moves some of their extra healthy energy over to the patient whose energy is less uh, I, I feel like this is a story that should begin and end on the same day. <laughs> In a more beautiful world, Noah, perhaps, but no. Therapeutic touch caught on and is now practiced by over 100,000 people worldwide. <sighs> but even more disturbing, according to an article I read on Quackwatch, it's been taught to at least 43,000 nurses, more than half of whom actively practice the so-called art of therapeutic touch picturing lying there in a hospital bed waving back at the nurse hi hello yes i hello yes i see you hi <laughs> all right not that i need to ask but is there any evidence that this does anything of course not no, no. yeah has, has it been studied yeah there have been a number of studies and meta-analyses and at least one systematic review that looks into tt and the better the study, the more definitively they found absolutely no effect. But perhaps the most noteworthy test was conducted by one Emily Rosa and was published in the Journal of American Medicine in 1998. And it's the best. Well, uh, what makes this one so noteworthy? 
the fact that Emily Rosa was nine years old at the time that she did the research. Please tell me this was debunked by a nine year old. <laughs> it was. It's so, so fun. And the test she devised, it's uh, it's pretty simple since the whole concept is based on the claim that practitioners can detect these energy fields that are somehow unmeasurable by science. Rosa figured all you needed to do was blindfold the therapeutic toucher and ask, is there a human under your hands right yeah, now? Yeah, no, I guess that sounds simple enough. And the amount of times that that sentence gets yelled at me, I feel like I could win this game. Was there a prize? <laughs> I could win. There's a human under my hands sometimes. Show me on the doll where he didn't quite touch you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, uh, the test here was too difficult for any of the advocates of the practice to think up before they started offering it to people with serious medical conditions. But uh, yeah, not too difficult for a fourth grader to come up with. So with the assistance of Stephen Barrett from Quackwatch, she set up a scientific experiment. They made a partition with two holes in it and had practitioners sit across from Emily and stick both of their hands through to the other side of the table. Then she'd hold her hand over top of either their left hand or their right hand and asked which one they detected an energy field coming from. And the results? Worse than random chance. Really? They tested a total of 21 practitioners and on the whole, they were only able to correctly guess 44% of the time. It's worth noting that leading up to the test, all 21 of the subjects expressed extreme confidence they'd be able to pass the test with nearly 100% accuracy. Wow. Okay, but if you think about it, that means they have a 56% chance of hand repellent. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write a, I'm gonna write a <laughs> Might book. Might as well. There's money in that. Uh, and, and this research was published? In the Journal of American Medicine. Yes. Emily Rosa became the youngest member of a research team to ever be published in a major peer-reviewed journal. She's the best. I think peer-reviewed probably means different things when it's a fourth grader. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> somehow this definitive demonstration didn't slow down the practice, did it? Well, it certainly didn't end it, but one could argue that Emily's study did have an effect. Leading up to this, there were some insurance companies covering the practice uh and an embarrassing amount of resources were dedicated to looking into it. And while it's still way too prevalent, mentioned those numbers before, the opinion within the medical community did shift quite a bit after the study's publication. Yeah, I mean, our current health insurance covers Christian science practitioners, but not CAT scans. These people pick weird battles. <laughs> Don't say that. Does it cover CAT scans? All right. It does not. <laughs> what? Well, I, I don't want to leave people feeling too hopeful. So how prevalent is still way too prevalent? Well, the most recent numbers I could find were from 2006, when it was estimated that at least 80 colleges and universities taught therapeutic touch, and the practice had spread to at least 70 countries. <sighs> Although the article cautions that those numbers should be taken with a grain of salt, since people on both the pro and anti side of this have a vested interest in exaggerating. Right. And as near as I could tell, the California Board of Registered Nursing still awards continuing education units toward nurses' license renewal for taking classes on therapeutic touch. Well, how the hell can they justify that when even the precept can be proven false? Great question. Uh, I mean, guys, these are these are nurses here. It's not like they're real doctors. You know oh, what I'm saying? Eli, I just made so many yes, people mad. Yes, you did. Yeah, did you hear your inbox, too. Noah? You guys hear <laughs> that, your inbox? Yeah, no, I did. I did you did. hear that all hear fill that? up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nurses are awesome. So tell us, Heath, how can they justify that when even the precept can be proven false? Well, they got to get pretty creative and often resort to the word quantum as oh. 
is the case with a lot of things that are obviously false, and then you want to pretend they're true. So the Skeptic's Dictionary offers an amazing little sample from a 1995 book called Hands That Heal, The Art of Therapeutic Touch by Rebecca Whitmer. Whitmer writes, the underlying principles upon which this technique is based include acceptance of the Einstein paradigm of a complex, energetic, field-like universe. That sounds like something Einstein said. (laughs) I.e., the existence of a life energy flowing through and all around all of us. And she capitalized life there, by the way. Is she mistaking Einstein with with Obi-Wan Kenobi? Well, meaningless nonsense was her only hope, so maybe. (laughs) She continues, Further, if life is characterized by an interchange of various qualities of energy... It can be assumed that any form of obstruction, either within the organism or between the organism and the environment, is contrary to nature's tendency and therefore unhealthy. She also capitalized nature there. Oh, of course she did. Because All right. Why not? So any obstruction that obstructs anything is unhealthy ever? <laughs> this woman has seen me poop. That's what it is. She's seen me poop. Yep. So there's more. Uh, she continues. The TT practitioner does not so much heal the patient, heals in in quotes, by the way, as facilitate the patient's own healing processes by gently manipulating the body's energy flow and adjusting it as a whole, end quote. Now, I'd I'd love to see a non-gentle practitioner. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Rigorously manipulating the body's energy. energy. Hey, relax. (laughs) Just fucking softly move my aura, man. God damn it. Yeah, so so that's how it works. (laughs) I'll be offering S&M energy flow adjustments at Reason Time next year. Like that? Look what I'm doing to your energy. (laughs) Safe word. Safe word. But you know what? I get it. Like, I've spent a year at a variety of doctors who told me, like, I should stop being less sad to stop shitting blood once an hour so hard that my heart's going to stop. And you know what? I would have loved a little interpretive dance to go with it. I would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Must be rough learning repeatedly that there's nothing wrong with you. Okay. That's not you. (laughs) All right. So, Heath, I guess the only real question left to ask is... How bullshit is it? Well, it literally cannot be described without using a hand-waving explanation. Well said. All right. Well, Heath, thanks as always for your bovine bowel movement expertise. And when we come back, the next segment will start. Before we shuffle off our audible coil for the night, I want to let you know, drum roll, please, That Lucinda will be back next week, so if you've been missing her caustic take on misogyny, your long suffering is nearly at an end. I've been missing a hell of a lot more than that. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday, an even new episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, this would be some kind of half-form sub-episode if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for not using his vast intellect on something more profitable and productive. I need to thank Eli for not using his vast orifices on something more infamous and felonious. I also need to thank, um, 
I honestly don't know because I don't quite speak two-year-old Ian Hyatt, Wyatt. Anyway, he provided this week's Farsworth quote, and it was quite possibly the best ever, so thanks for that. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's most marvelous mammalia, Bruce, Adam, Joshua, Dion, Daryl with an E, Bronze, Taylor, Kyle, Jarrett, Daryl with a Y, Chris, Diana, Jaster, Alex, the Crash Dummy, Sean, Cal, David, and Paul. Bruce, Adam, Joshua, Dion, and Daryl with an E, whose ejaculations were hydrofracking way before it was cool. Bronze, Taylor, Kyle, Jarrett, and Daryl with a Y, who are so sexy a dude from the MPAA is holding black bars over this part of my notes. Chris, Diana, Jaster, Alex, and the Crash Dummy are so clever that they could convince Alan Turing that he was a computer. And Sean, Cal, David, and Paul, who penetrate deeper than the Red Army circa 1945. Together, these 19 nimble noggin non-believers nursed our nascent negation of the Nazarene nincompoops innocuous natterings this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the sheer inner beauty it takes to give us money, but if you do, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but all your money is tied up with your record-setting money knot, you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, telling a friend about the show, and liking us on Facebook. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats you can find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com weird that my answer to what would you have done during the Nazis is a podcast. Right? Oh. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC copyright 2018 all rights reserved.